I want you to know that it is totally okay for you to quit your dream job. Welcome to the Teachers Who Quit podcast, the number one podcast for teachers who quit or really want to. And I'm your host, Tierney, your ex-teacher bestie. Enjoy the show. I stumbled across a post in a group that I'm in, and I'm going to share it with you. I'm going to, of course, keep this person anonymous, but it really resonated with me. So I quit teaching last school year after four years in the classroom and 10 years in schools. It was such a hard decision, and I'm still feeling all of the feelings that come with leaving. In the fall, I landed a position with a small tutoring business in my area that seemed like a dream come true. Then I was placed as an in-home teacher for two brothers who can't go to school due to being high risk for COVID. This also seemed like the ideal situation until it wasn't. The parents are very indecisive about what they want from me, and my boss, who is extremely nice, is super micromanagey. So I'm going to quit today. I learned from quitting teaching that it is okay to quit when things don't serve you anymore. And I'll quit my next job too if it doesn't fit with my needs. Just wanted to share that if you're thinking of leaving the classroom, just go for it. Your next job doesn't have to be your forever job. Now, I agree with that story 100%. Honestly, when I read it, I was screaming, yes, because the girls that get it, get it, and the girls that don't, don't. Because I actually want to tell you all a story. And this is actually my personal story. So in season one, episode one of this podcast, you learned about me as far as why I quit teaching. And I quit teaching to pursue my greatest dream job in the world, which was to be a dean of school culture. So after getting my master's degree, I actually went back to school for 18 months to earn my principal certification, which is required here in Texas to lead as a dean slash AP slash principal here in Texas public schools, just so that I could be a dean. I was the first in my cohort, my principal's cohort, to take my principal's exam and to pass it. And I was actually the first in my cohort to submit the PASL, which is a very intense portfolio on steroids that Texas decided to introduce to become a certified principal. So I went through all that, passed that as well, in addition to passing the 100 plus four essay plus question test. And I passed both of those things by December 2020. So that by 2021, at the top of the year, I could begin applying for my dream job. I mean, I had the certifications and really nothing could stop me at that point. So January 2021, I was on the hunt and I remember praying to God, Please do not let me get any job at a school that isn't meant for me. And after a few months in April 2021, I landed my dream job as a dean of culture. 
And I even negotiated my salary up by 8000 more than the original offer. Okay, boo-boo. So I was so happy. I landed my dream job. I was bold enough to ask and negotiate for more money. And I was just so happy. I even got a custom jacket made. It's a jean jacket with pearls on it. And um, it's hand painted to say Dean on the back with my name on it. And I ordered two custom t-shirts as well from Etsy that had Dean on it. And I was just so excited and so proud of myself because I accomplished a goal that I had set. And I'm a very ambitious person. So I'm used to truly setting my mind on something putting in the work, whatever that is, to get there and accomplishing it. I honestly can't think back over my life over something that I didn't set my mind to do or didn't have a deep passion to do that I didn't do. That's just who I am. And so I'm so excited, so proud. And we were supposed to, and this job was not at the district where I had worked for all these years as a as a excuse me as a teacher as a teacher leader it was at a different district um so we were supposed to start work as a leadership team around mid-June and it was getting closer and closer to that date with no welcome email or anything so I'm kind of sitting there like uh what's going on so me being the type A proactive person that I am, I reached out and basically the founder of the school had a family member that passed, which is very sad. I'm very empathetic towards that and that is horrible to experience. And all the while, while I found that out, I'm wondering, okay, why did no one else on the leadership team or the staff there think to email all of the new people, letting them know that, hey, we know that we said the start date was X, Y, and Z, but it's actually going to be put on pause. You don't even have to explain what happened, the issues, the nitty-gritty details. You just could simply let them know, right? I get the founder probably couldn't do that because they're focused on the loss they experienced, but no one else from the staff thought to do that. And I do want to caveat as well and say that there actually was not a leadership team there at that school. Um, they just had an operations team. So I was one of the first leaders to come in along with a couple others that were supposed to start alongside me. So I just so found out to have I just so found out, right, that okay, the start date you thought you were gonna begin is actually not kicking off yet. And I only found that out because I had the audacity to ask with my type A self. So I found that out. It was maybe like a week or so. And then I, you know, had the start date come around finally. And so we first started off virtual and that was really great. And then we were able to come in um, in person. So... With that, mind you, we have decided to start like a whole month ahead of even teachers showing up for training. And so a lot happened from the date that I started working there to um, 
the date that I decided to quit. So some of the things that happened, I remember when we first started working together and we were virtual, we were planning out basically all of the teacher in-service, professional development, structure, timeline, everything that was happening, we were planning that out. So when I say we, it was myself, another dean who was brand new, and then an instructional coach. And so we were meeting together. There was also an operations manager. And so we would meet together and we would basically decide how we were going to structure that time, what sessions would be included, yada, yada. Um, so basically, in my role as a dean of culture, I was over all the things that y'all should know by now that I love, which is classroom management and culture. And not just that, but setting the school-wide vision for culture and making sure school-wide systems for culture and management were in place as well, not just classroom-specific. So, again, I was excited to do that because that's what is my greatest strength within education and what I really wanted to do all these years that I've been working towards it. So we are working together. We're trying our best to, you know, look at what the blueprint was for the previous two years, try to adjust it, alter it, add to, perfect, refine. And we were pretty much just told to, you know, figure it out. Now, it was a little bit strange because it's like the three of us were new. The other dean, the instructional coach, actually, she moved from teacher to being instructional coach. But, like, we're a brand new leadership team. The school never had a leadership team other than the founder. And so in this year of their expansion, um, we're, like, meeting together and trying to make things work when we're brand new to the roles, brand new to working together, brand new to this school, over 50% of the leadership team brand new. And so that was kind of rough, kind of interesting, because at one point we pivoted to actually coming in person. So we come in person and there was another lady there who was helping us, who was not the founder of the school, but would be founding her own school in the next year. And so part of the work that she did was go around and visit other founders within her same program who started a school and kind of learn their best practices and, and also essentially start practicing for what she was about to do the next year. And she was really awesome because she had experience serving as a principal previously. So she had this wealth of experience and our founder had not been a principal before, um, had done a whole other path and career worked in education but did not move into leadership but ended up starting the school and had a really great vision like I supported the founder and really felt drawn to the school and everything that it was about it, it definitely was an alignment there for sure but we're meeting in person this lady who's founding her own school in the next year was there helping supporting us guiding us while the founder was also doing other things as well, but was there if we needed it, but she was handling a lot of other business. And so I remember um, the founder was like, okay, let's go ahead and go over what y'all have come up, thus, come up with thus far for this teacher in service. And I was like, okay, well, I would love to share, but I actually have a meeting that I have to go to with 
X, Y, and Z. X, Y, and Z is the other lady who was founding a school. And um, she was like, oh, it's okay. They got it. They got it. And so, mind you, those other two, they were on the instructional side. And I was the culture side. And so, I was like, okay, well, you know, like, reluctantly, I just kind of trusted them to um, share what I had written and my contribute contributions and everything like that so basically um I had also reworked the agenda and before I had did that this was before we started meeting in person before I had did that restructuring of some of the things I met with the other two leadership team members separately and they were all like cool with it like yeah okay okay go ahead do that do that and I'm just like all right. So I go and do it and I kind of lay it out like a typical school day. The teachers would come in, they have a do now, we have like different things like that. So basically what ended up happening is the um time when I was supposed to come back and I was done with my meeting I come back to a completely changed layout. Like none of the sessions that I was supposed to lead, that I was supposed to be facilitating were there anymore. They were completely eliminated from the agenda or they were structured around in a way that I didn't have it structured originally. And my thing with that is I was very intentional about laying out my sessions in a certain way because I know that there are certain prerequisites that you need to have in place when it comes to classroom management and culture before you get to other skills. And so I come back and this agenda is completely switched around and changed. And I'm just like, okay. And I really felt deeply offended by that. I felt deeply offended by that especially because I had ran the previous agenda through them before I even, you know, restructured it and everything. So I kind of prioritized their voice and their opinion, but I felt like the same wasn't done for me. And so that was one of the first issues. And we came back um, to work that next day. And um, basically the other lady who was opening a school, she led us through this like, exercise or whatever and the exercise provided a great avenue and opportunity for me to pretty much tell them how I felt about them completely switching up the agenda which didn't even prioritize or include a bunch of the sessions that I had planned for the teachers and they were basically like, oh, that wasn't our intention. The reason why we did that is because the founder wanted it like that. She wanted it changed. And we just edited and did what she wanted done. And I'm just like, okay. But I was pretty much letting it be known then that I'm the type of person that if there is an issue, if I feel some type of way, I'm not going to harbor that. I'm not going to keep it to myself. I'm going to professionally and respectfully let you know how I feel And try to reconcile and seek a solution so that we can effectively move forward. But I could tell that the lady there who was the instructional coach who had previously been at the school since the first year it opened, she wasn't too happy about that. 
And after we had the conversation, you know, she um, walked downstairs and I was like, she's probably down there talking to the founder and telling her X, Y, and Z. And I'm pretty sure she did because at one point later in the day, I walked downstairs and the founder, um, she had someone else come get me and tell me to come um, see her. And I did. And she was like, is everything all right? And I'm just like, why are you even asking me that? Like, why even ask that when I pretty much am sure that your instructional coach went and pretty much told you how I told them about how I felt, which is fine. You can do that. I stand by my word, but I'm also the type of person when I address something, it's done. Once I address it, I'm not holding on to it, continually thinking about it. The solution has been sought. We move forward from here. And that's just who I am. I don't harbor on to anything like that. And so I'm like, it's really no purpose for her to sit here and ask me. I would have rather her say, hey, so-and-so said blank, blank, blank occurred. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? And I would have been happy to. But again, that's not how it was done. That's not how it was addressed for whatever reason. So basically, the next thing that was a big red flag for me is that there was one particular person who actually (laughs) was a part of the leadership team. And we had this time where every single day we had a roundtable like book discussion and the book was aligned to the environment where we were serving and the students that we were serving And so basically what happened was the book, you know, it's talking a lot about race and social justice and different things that I love, that I'm super, super passionate about all the time. And so at one point, the founder like said something to the lady who was over the SPED department and the SPED department lady was just like, yeah, I don't... um, believe in basically I don't see color that's what she said she said she doesn't believe in you know talking about people's color and all this kind of stuff she said that how she was raised was she just didn't see color and that's very problematic that's very problematic God created me a certain way he created me with black skin and I want you to see that black skin that I have and know how to respect me and my culture and be responsive to my culture and all those different things like you cannot just say you don't see color when everything in this messed up country that we live in is based off of somebody's color and how students are disadvantaged and this school exists because of the sole reason that kids from certain backgrounds aren't receiving a quality education because of the color of their skin, because how they are discriminated against, because they don't have certain access to opportunities. Like that just was really problematic. And you're supposed to be somebody over the SPED department? No, ma'am. You shouldn't even be working in this school. So that was a problem because I'm like, why would you even hire somebody like that? And the founder was a black person herself. She was actually mixed, but um, and not mixed with white, mixed with something else. But it's just like, why would you as a minority, two types of minorities, three types, actually, because both of your um, your parents were minorities. But then you're also a woman. So it's just like. Why are you hiring people like that? 
Another problematic hire she had was the other dean. So the other dean literally was not from where we were from, was a white lady, and I believe did not have a full check or grasp on her personal implicit bias and how that shows up in the workplace. And at one point, there was a student, and the student, I guess, had said something to her when she was trying to correct her, and she was retelling the story and basically was just like, yeah, she has an attitude. That student has an attitude. And one thing that you just don't do, and if you're not familiar with this, go and educate yourself. Google.com is free. But you don't go talking about any black person saying that they have an attitude. You don't do that because that's rooted in racism in and of itself. Labeling black people as aggressive, as this, as that. That is hatred. That is racism. That is rude. You don't talk about anyone in that way. And you especially don't label this young girl in that way. And I resonated with that so hard because... I was that young girl. I saw myself in her so much as far as being this young little black girl in school, in elementary, and having a teacher just classify you as having an attitude. That is unacceptable. So that's another thing I'm like, okay, another problem. Then one day... Again, mind you, it's still a pandemic. As you're listening to this, it's probably still the pandemic, y'all. And so this was last year. And we had masks on for some of the time. And then some of the time we took masks off. And then the CDC came back talking about masks. So the founder asked us to put them back on, which is fine for me because I still wear masks to this very day. I go to the grocery store and wear gloves because now we even have monkeypox out. No, you're not finna catch me slipping. So in other words, I had no issue with a mask. So, you know, put the mask back on, all that good stuff. But in the short interim where we did not have masks on, which was maybe like the first week of teacher in service, There was one girl who had been a teacher there at the school from the beginning of the inception of the school, and she was pretty much the person who was known for being good at classroom management and kind of serving as a model to others. But then here I come along, right? Um, I'm a dean. I am new to the school, and I'm so very good at classroom management, but I felt like she probably from jump felt her territory was being stepped on a little bit. So the instructional coach who I mentioned earlier was very close with this teacher. And I remember when we were going over the sessions that I would be going over, she was like, yeah, this person will help you with it. I've already let them know because they know all the strategies too. So they can help co-lead it with you. They can help. And I remember the first time meeting her, it was okay, but she was just like wasn't really contributing to much of anything. It was just like, I'm just here so I don't get fined. I don't really want to help you with this. And then also that the way that I felt about it was she was more so just 
there because they asked her to do so, not really because she wanted to or actually believed in the strategies because she really didn't. At one point, she told me that she doesn't really do that in her classroom and she doesn't really support it or whatever. And I'm just like, okay, why are you even here? But anyway, so, you know, I met her for the first time and I remember her saying things to me like, oh, like, how did you accomplish so much in such a short period of time? And I guess that's because I was younger at that point or whatever. Mind you, honey, I had just turned 30. I had just turned 30. So and she was maybe like a year or two away from turning 30 herself. So Anyway, she was just like, wow, like you you got a master's degree, you got a principal certification, now you're a dean, like how do you stay, she said something like, how do you stay so driven, how do you stay so ambitious or something like that. Um, so anyways, I just caught the vibe from the jump that she felt her territory was being stepped on. So basically, fast forward. We are in the full swing of teacher in service. And there was one point when I was walking from my office, walking to go and get my computer from the main space where everyone else was. um, And she was like, "Um, you look mad. And I'm like, no, I am just fine. Actually, I am doing just fine and dandy today. And she's like, yeah, you look mad. You look like you have RBF. And I'm just like, from that point right there is what really pissed me off because I don't know what it is about women. And if you're a woman listening to this, quit that crap. Like quit telling people they have RBF. That's none of your business. Don't police people's bodies. I don't care if you don't like someone's facial expression. That's more of a problem with you than it is with that person. It is not anyone's job to position their face in a way that doesn't make you feel X, Y, and Z way. If you feel some type of way because of someone's facial expression, that's on you. So it's tough stuff, too bad, don't care. And so anyway, she's like, yeah, you you, um, have RBF or something. I was like, "Um, no, I don't have RBF and I actually don't use that language. And I actually have a relaxed face. This is my relaxed face. And like, that is so weird that women do that. Like, quit doing that. Quit doing that. Like, (laughs) don't comment on someone's face. If they, if somebody wants to go around smiling permanently, teeth out, top row, bottom row teeth, and they walk around like that, well, God, let them walk around like that. If someone walks around without smiling 24-7, let them walk around like that. If somebody looks tired to you, Let them walk around like that. It has nothing to do with you. Leave them alone. Leave them alone. So she pissed me off from then when she said that. Ever since that point on, she really tried to sabotage everything that I would do. So we're in maybe our second week now at this point. And I'm over school culture. So I will actually ask the teachers who were returning to complete a school culture survey so I could collect data. And then so I had a point of where I was able to measure the extent to which we were able to improve our school wide culture. And so um, I had them complete this survey. I dissected and analyzed the data and I came up with leveraging this protocol from the National School Reform Initiative and 
it was a protocol that you can use for any type of data conversations that you're having. And so I was, I asked for, you know, all of the teachers who were returning. And this was also something that was approved, supported, verified by that lady who was helping us out, who was starting her own school. And then also by our founder herself. And she was like, yeah, meet with them in a small group, get their opinions, their thoughts. And then you can work to create solutions for the upcoming year. And I'm like, okay, perfect. So I have this round table and mind you, it's only like three or four other teachers max. I think it was actually three. And I'm like walking them through the protocol. We're going through it and everything. And again, she was just not interested. And she was just like, I'm done. I'm done. When I like had a timer set and everything like that, like she was being very annoying. And she tried to literally sabotage the conversation. At one point, I think she was saying, like, I don't understand the point in doing this or something like that. Like, she was being so rude. And I pretty much checked her on it right then and there. And I'm like, this is what we not going to do in a way of, I think I said something along the lines of, you know, thank you for sharing your thoughts. But at this time, we're going to proceed with the protocol and we're going to move forward with that. I said something that was very much let me act like I am a leader of a school rather than go all the way off like I want to. And so basically, um, after I called her on it, she tried to you know, continue on and say something else in the conversation. And at that point, we had to go to another event that was happening that day because I had brought a paint party to be happening at the school where we were going to paint the mascot and it was going to be really, really fun. And it was fun. And so I was like, hey, well, we didn't get through everything, but, you know, I would love to continue this conversation with you specifically X, Y, and Z at a later time, but we do have to leave to go to the next event. And she's like, I don't understand why you need to continue the conversation with me. I don't understand that. I don't understand. So she like basically leaves out of my office. Everyone else leaves out. And the other two are looking like, what what in the world is going on? So she walks out of my office. I'm like not engaging with her. It's literally like a child that I'm talking to at this point. And she goes and she like, storms to the instructional coach's room okay and at that point before she stormed to the instructional coach's room she swings by the table with the founder and like says something to her and shortly after she goes to the instructional coach's room the founder leaves to go to the instructional coach's room so all three of them are in there chit-chatting and I know gossiping while I'm with the rest of the staff and everyone else is there and we're going through the paint party And from that day on, she really rallied her little gang of misfit toys to really hate me. Like the rest of the people there, like the school was expanding, more grade levels were being added on. There was a bunch of new teachers there and all of her grade level was new. She was the only returning person and she pretty much rallied them around herself and poisoned their mind where you could tell they just treated me with a little different energy because of the crap that she was feeding to them and it's just like okay y'all are grown adult women y'all should know how to act but obviously you don't you're easily influenced whatever so um she never came to that paint party like I said she pitched up it she didn't want to attend at one point I remember later she was like I don't like to paint I don't like to paint I'm just like oh my god something is wrong with you 
But again, why is the founder even letting this behavior continue? It's just very much problematic. But you know what's funny? The operations manager told me her attitude was big trash. (laughs) I said attitude, even though I don't really agree with using that. But she told me her vibe was big trash before she even came. Um, And we started working together. So I knew it. I knew it was going to be something. But at the end of the day, even the founder out of her own mouth, like I, I talked to her every instance that happened that was a problem with this teacher from the RBF comment to the how she acted in the round table. I let the founder know every single time. And at one point, the founder was like, you know, she has insecurity. You know, we're working with her. Da, da, da. I'm just like, OK, that's not an excuse for her behavior and it needs to be put to a stop. Because I'm in a, a, a tough situation because I know how to hold my own and to tell people what they are and are not going to do. But I'm also coming into this as a new person to this school, a new person in leadership, also trying to respect the founder's vision and the way she does things. So there's only so much that I could do. So I thought a solution would be me going to the founder and expressing things, but that didn't really happen. Um, at one point, too, the instructional team was having to conduct an interview to hire more staff. And so they asked if I would facilitate a session, which they had called teachbacks, where the teachers had to one by one get up and teach a lesson. The other teachers were serving as students. And then we as the leadership team were giving them glows and grows, so to speak. And so they had to go conduct the interview. I was like, yeah, no problem, especially because it was math day. And that's what I had always taught as a teacher. And I remember at one point during that, like this same girl was like trying to interject. And at one point she was like, have you ever taught Eureka math? Because that was the math. And I was like, no, my district did not use Eureka. And she looks at the table and goes, see, she doesn't even know how to teach Eureka math. I'm just like. Okay, so yes, I caught her on that. All of the crap that she did, I caught her on that because that's what you're not finna do, point blank and period. And so um, not only was she acting like she was the leader, the ring leader of the world, but she also would have other new teachers feeling bad as well. At one point when the school year had first started, she decided to create a happy hour time after school. And she had her little minion, which was this fresh out of college little lady who was her co-teacher, so to speak. Teacher's aide, really. Um, That was her official role. But she pretty much had the teacher's aide going around and verbally inviting people to the happy hour went around everyone's classroom in their doorway hey we're going we're going to be doing this 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 on friday at this time you are you going to be able to come and went and walked down the hall doing that to every single person except the two new teachers who were in a specific grade level the other new teachers yes but the two new teachers who um basically really separated themselves from the rest of them like they on purpose did not even invite them to the happy hour they were just so rude and so I felt too they had such nice cute decorated rooms they were just on top of everything and I could tell that she felt insecure and you know 
just wanted to rally other people around not liking them. Um, anyone that she saw as a threat to her spot, she tried to come for. And so every time, again, this teacher did something, I told the founder in hopes that it would help stop, but it didn't. It was The behavior continued. It was just a new thing every single week. And I was tired of it. In addition to that, the school had moved buildings, okay? The school had moved from one part of the city to another part of the city. The first part of the city where they were at was not close to where I live, but it wasn't so far that I wouldn't be able to commit to that commute. But the place that they moved to was so far. And I remember on my interview asking like where they were moving, but I was never given the exact location because it was still under contract pending or something like that so I wasn't given specifics but when I found out where it was y'all it was so so far away so so far away and I told you about that first school that I worked at even as a teacher that was like over an hour commute each way this particular school where they were at was past that y'all it was past that And I was like, oh my gosh, but this is your dream job. Just hang in there. Like, it's going to be fine. But all this other stuff from everything that I've shared, stuff that I'm even forgetting, like it was just tainting the experience more and more and more and more. Our school year ended up getting postponed because the building was not approved by the fire department. So the new building that they moved to that they were scrambling to finish up to some extent to actually open doors on time, it wasn't approved by the fire department. So the school year got postponed by like a week or maybe even two weeks. I can't remember, but it was crazy. They had to send messages out to all the families and let them know. Um, The operations team was a party of two and both were new to the role and operations are really the backbone of this particular type of school. So the fact that that was kind of rough as well, some teachers didn't have stuff that they needed for their rooms on time. Um, (laughs) It just was a disaster all around, to be fully honest. Um, Title IX issues happened that were swept under the rug by the founder and other people of the school and things just overall were not done from the jump in decency and in order. And that's just not how I operate. So all these things combined, you know, I quit teaching, right? As far as I didn't return to teaching after that past school year ended because I knew I was moving into leadership and I got this job, just dream job. I had always been working towards to be a dean of culture And it was not the dream that I hoped for. The work that I was actually doing for school culture and classroom management and culture, that was on point. The work that I was able to do was just fine and fabulous. Like there was no issues with that. I loved doing that work. But it was all these other things that I was telling you about that made it problematic for me. Um, There was even at one point where this was messed up. The founder was calling each teacher into her office one by one, and I guess doing one-on-one check-ins, which is a good thing. 
And we were doing that too as the leadership team. So they were, she was doing her one-on-one check-ins and the result of those one-on-one check-ins were just a bash fest. Like if I can find the paper, I will try to find it. But literally she would be asking them questions and typing up notes and there was a point where like me and the other team the me and the other dean on leadership were just getting bashed over the head with comments that were just horrible that again stemmed from this one teacher that was trying to poison the minds of everyone else and they were so gullible to allow her to do that um like the notes that she shared with me from the conversation she had with these teachers were so rude. But the one thing about me is like the comments they were making had nothing to do with me not being effective at my work. Like all of them were like, she knows her stuff. Like she knows it, but it's the way that she talks or it's the way that she says this, or it's the way that she says that. And I'm used to women being like that. And again, I'm a very strong, assertive, confident black woman and everybody can't deal with that even your own kind sometimes and so all the comments were having to do with the way that I speak and the way that I look and the way that I blink and the way that I oh I sneeze this way and it hurts so intense feeling it it's just like okay so Anyways, but the other dean, they were chopping her up for her lack of competence as far as her role. And like, I think that would even hurt me furthermore. But since I wasn't in that position, it was just a little bit different. But again, all of that stemmed from insecurity, jealousy, and just problems on the part of the individuals versus a, a true issue with me. Because there were other teachers who were just fine. I had no issues with who I actually loved working with there, truly. And I was sad to leave them. I was sad to leave them. But at the end of the day, because things were not done well in decency and in order, I chose to apply elsewhere. Ended up getting an offer to be an assistant principal at a different school, a different district. And I quit a little over 90 days of working as my quote unquote dream job so my friend and former co-worker who I will be featuring on this podcast this season um she sent me a text and this was this was recently like not during that time but it was recently and basically she was saying like she advocates for people leaving jobs after the first red flag and I could not agree more for some reason We have internalized this message of our youth that quitters never win. And guess what? Quitters can win. Now, some of you may have like zero level of persistence and resilience, and I can find that to be problematic. But that's something you might want to get help with if you just quit (laughs) any and everything, not even job related, but all kinds of stuff. But if you know that you have tried something and stuck it out and You've been there, done that with the red flags and and you know that just something is not a good fit for you. I want to encourage you that you are not um, labeled as a quitter that can never win. You are a quitter that can win. Do not allow yourself to be put in situations you know aren't good for you. 
again, do not allow yourself to be put in situations or force yourself to keep yourself in situations that you know are not good for you. I want to empower you today to be freed because we only have one life to live and you should always shamelessly choose you. Thank you for listening to the Teachers Who Quit podcast. Keep listening to us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Subscribe and leave us a review to get a shout out on our socials. And remember to shamelessly choose you.